Season 1, Episode 77, Pete's Podcast, Bible Story Evangelism, Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 47. All right, uh, just the outline real quick. Uh, we'll use uh, F.B. Meyer's outline, which came with the E sword, lowercase e hyphen, capital S W O R D, E sword. Uh, it's free for an iPad or I think a computer. Uh, it costs a buck ninety-nine for for a phone, but it's a really good app. I, again, I probably plug it uh, more than once. Anyway, I like it. I want to give credit where credit's due. And uh, so this is uh, F. B. Meyer, uh, no S on the end. F. B. Meyer uh, outlined the coming of the Holy Spirit. It's prophesied by Joel. Uh, we have Peter's sermon at Pentecost, one of the uh, uh, pilgrimage feasts. And uh, here the gift of the Holy Spirit is going to be given on that day. And uh, like with God's Shekinah glory and with fire and wind, or at least the sound of wind, and what appeared to be fire, but a uh, couple of metaphor, a couple of similes there. Anyway, uh, we have people from. Let's see, how does it say it? Um, out of every nation under heaven, I'm remembered of the promise to Abraham that through him and through his seed, all families of the world would be blessed. So you don't have to go very far on your family tree to find a believer somewhere. Uh, hopefully, it'll be you. And uh, people you lead to the Lord. But uh, we just pretty much give the gospel out and probably more to our family than to anybody else. But at the same time, uh, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And we're just truth tellers and some believe and some won't. Just like some believe Peter here and some didn't. The some that did were 3,000. So pretty miraculous time here but but the timing of it is with with out of every nation uh, devout men out of every nation under heaven were gathered together in Jerusalem for this amazing uh, gift of the Holy Spirit and this kind of miraculous thing that happens where everybody understands in their own language um, Peter's sermon pretty amazing for this fisherman to be able to speak like this he quotes uh, Joel, and then he gets into, as, as Joel speaks for the Lord, uh, Old Testament book, and then King David, as David uh, speaks for, for Jehovah, and then Peter speaks to the crowd and uh, quotes David, um, and then encourages them to believe. And all that believe were together uh, in verse uh, 44. And we, we stop at verse 47. Praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. So this is a feast time at Jerusalem is, uh, again, just the timing is divine, I think. Um, they're just following uh, instructions. Jesus said, remain 
told him to go to Galilee, but then, then he told them to remain in Jerusalem until they get the gift of the Holy Spirit, which is what they do here. All right, so back to uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. Well, let me read the outline again. The coming of the Lord, the coming of the Holy Spirit, Peter's sermon at Pentecost, uh, the fellowship of the believers, which they have everything in common. And let me just digress for a minute because uh, the church is going to be tremendously persecuted under Nero. Uh, the Jews are scattered by AD 70. This is AD 30, I don't know, or approximately AD 30. I don't think we know for sure. Um, but uh, in 40 years, they will all be scattered uh, in a generation. And uh, the, the, the believers before that, the believers are, are run out uh, pretty, pretty regularly. And uh, then ultimately the Jews themselves. So when they, when they sell their possessions, sold their possessions and goods and parted them with all men, uh, every man had need. Uh, this was, you know, there's a time to buy and there's a time to sell. And uh, with the scattering of the church, it was time to sell because they were going to lose it anyway. And uh, also for the Jewish believers and the loss of uh, the temple in AD 70 by a, a Caesar named Titus. Anyway, um, so, all right, let's take, let's start in uh, chapter 2, verse 1 of the book of Acts. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, so these are kind of feast days. I'm not sure if the, it seems to me that possibly all the, all the uh, pilgrimage feasts are, are all jammed together. Pentecost is 50 days after the Passover and uh, the Feast of Booths. And uh, there's three different feasts where they have to be at the temple, which now the temple is going to be the, the the Holy Spirit is going to indwell believers and all believers. And it comes at uh, salvation. I was indwelt by the Holy Spirit the moment I believed. I looked up from a prayer. I said, hey, I didn't feel anything. I didn't see anything. Jack Weaver very wisely, I think, said, it's not a feeling. Someday you feel good. Someday you feel bad. But if you trusted Christ as your Savior, you're going to heaven. And I told you many times that I was leaving the, the, his house, uh, a girl looked up at me and said, if I never see you again, I'll see you in heaven. And I thought it, what, about what she said, and I said, you're right. And uh, I hate to say it, but I did feel something. I felt assurance. I felt like this is it. I found it, and I've not doubted it for, for anything close to a second. All I have to do is think of a verse like John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And once you, once you have everlasting life, it doesn't take a rocket scientist to, to figure it's going to last forever. And uh, there's rewards in heaven for faithfulness, uh, but there's, uh, it's like the Olympics, you know, the, the, the ones that, it's, it's all reward-based. And, and there is, you know, suffering loss of reward for not being faithful, and, and I don't know of a Christian that's, if we say we have no sin, in First John, we deceive ourselves, uh, and the truth is not in us. So we, we have to deal with uh, our sins, and the best way to deal with them is confess them to the Lord and move on. And uh, sin no more, as Jesus told, uh, oh, the woman taken in adultery. Go and sin no more. 
All right, so uh, chapter 2, verse 1. And when the, when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all of one accord in one place. Now, this is talking about Peter and the 11 apostles. Matthias is, uh, or Matthias, depending on how you pronounce the two T's, um, is, uh, is taking his position. And again, I, I think his name will be carved in the New Jerusalem, which is uh, not even around yet. Uh, at the end of the millennium, uh, a thousand-year reign of Christ on the earth, there, there'll, there'll be a new heaven and a new earth. This, earth. this heaven and earth will pass away with a great noise. So there is a big bang. It just hasn't happened yet. And um, then, that's a Ken Hovind joke. Anyway, um, trying to be full disclosure here. Okay, um, they were all in one accord in one place. We're talking 12 people. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. So, you know, I'm kind of a critical thinker or whatever. I don't know what I am, but I'm like, critical at any rate. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Now, I don't think the wind filled the house. I think the sound filled the house. And I know what a sound of a wind, a mighty wind sounds like because I went through Hurricane Andrew. And it did feel like a, a locomotive was uh, passing on the other side of the door. My back was against the door and it felt like somebody was punching the door. And the place we were at was condemned. It was uh, We were on the first floor of a two-story apartment building and it there was water pouring in. in the, uh, but anyway, uh, there was the sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And the Holy Spirit, it kind of that goes along with the pneumos, the, the, the breath. And it filled all the house where they were sitting, the uh, 12 apostles, Peter and the 11. And there, makes 12. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of the 12. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit of uh, gave them utterance. Okay, now that's a miraculous thing that did not happen to me when I was saved. I've never seen it happen. There's only three times of, of wholesale miracles by God. I mean, astounding miracles. It was Moses, followed by Joshua, Elijah, followed by Elisha, and Jesus, followed by the twelve. And uh, God... You know, he started a new covenant with Moses, and there's a new covenant now with Jesus, and uh, Elijah and Elisha turned Israel back to God uh, when they were their kings were very, very far from God, especially uh, Jezebel and uh, I forgot his name, but anyway, the husband of Jezebel. Anyway. Um, Okay, verse, uh, and they were filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues. Um, I would say those are languages, understandable languages based on the context. Context, context, context. And the Spirit of God, as the Spirit of God gave them utterance. And they were dwelling, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem 
Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. This is the devout people would come to Jerusalem for the pilgrimage feasts, of which Pentecost was one. And God's going to use these people to go back and take the Word of God out. And I, I, I'm, I'm kind of a little bit of a math geek, I guess. And um, if you took 2 to the 33rd power, you'd get over eight, 8 billion. 2 raised to the 33rd power. That's 2 times 2 times 2 times 2. 33 times would give you 8 billion, over 8 billion. We're at 7.8 billion the last I heard or the last I read that uh, people on the earth. So that means that if I was the only believer and you were the and you believe today and you and I went out and led two people, two, one became two, two became four, four became eight, eight became 16 the next day, the next day the 16 became 32, the next day 64, the next day 128, the next day 256, next day 512, next day 1024, the next day uh, 2048, it would take 33 days for that uh, exponential growth to reach eight, over 8 billion. So, as far as giving the gospel to believers, it's not a bad idea. But there's two problems with that. One, we're not as, faith as faithful as we should be. And two, people don't believe. Uh, it says in John's chapter 3, because their sins are evil. Well, I don't know, they're wh whatever. Uh, well, all sins are evil, but but they, they love darkness and hate the light. I jumped at the gospel of the grace of God. Well, not the first time I heard it. The first time I heard it, I went home, I said, Dad, what do you think? You know, Christ paid for all our sins. All we have to do is trust in Him. What do you think? He said, no, I heard that in the army. And uh, no, we got to do our part. We got to visit people in jail, basically the sheep and the goats. And I uh, did it on the least of these, my brethren, 144,000. But anyway, those, that falls under the judgment of um, the eternal judgments, which I have to talk about. I usually work them in almost every message. But <clears throat> anyway, um, so... Um, now, well, verse 5. And there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded, confused, uh, amazed, beyond uh, because that every man heard them speak in their own language. Now, Peter's talking here. There's only 12 of them talking. You, I've heard there's as many as 2 million Jews. I'm not that much of a Bible scholar that I could you know, verify that on my own, but I, I've, I've heard Bible scholars talk about 2 million that would come to Jerusalem. 2 million is not a very big number today, but back then it was a lot of people. Anyway, um... So, um, because every man heard them speak in their own language. Some people 
liken. I've heard people that I look up to say that that it was it was more of a gift of uh, of hearing than it was a gift of speaking because every man heard uh, in his own language. I think if you got a bunch of people there, Peter is speaking, men of every nation under the under heaven, verse five, and Peter's speaking as we're going to see in just a minute here what he's talking about. He's talking about believing in Jesus Christ. And they do, and they receive the Holy Spirit. And uh, just like I did when I trusted Christ 48 years ago. And, um, okay, uh, so, okay, verse 6. And when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together. That's a lot of people. And were confounded, confused, because every man heard them speak in their own language. Now, you know, I just got to say here a little bit. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm going to tell a joke, which I shouldn't do. But, but somebody that speaks in one language, somebody that speaks in two languages is bilingual. Somebody speaks in three languages is uh, trilingual, and somebody that speaks in one language is American. Uh, that's a dumb joke. But anyway, if you don't understand it, that's fine. But um, I think this multicultural world back then, with Rome in charge of the world, there went out a decree from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be taxed. So uh, uh, the Roman language was probably universal. Uh, they had different... Anyway, I, I think people speak, spoke more than one language, so they were maybe able to hear them in their mother tongue or, or whatever, but they were able to, a lot of them were able to communicate with each other. And they were all amazed and marveled, verse 7, saying one to another, so they could speak to each other, Behold, are not these which speak Galileans? So maybe they were so versed in, in, in the Hebrew dialect that they could pick out the fact that these guys sounded like they were, these were hicks from Galilee. The Galileans, you know, when Jesus, when Peter denied Christ, one of the, one of the servants of the high priest said, you know, your voice, you're, you're a Galilean. Like, you know, Jesus, you sound like a Galilean. So these guys knew they were, these 12 were Galileans, unlearned. Uh, but, but Peter knocks it out of the park here. But behold, are not these which speak Galileans, verse 7, verse 8. And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? So... Again, they must have a common language here to be able to communicate with each other because it's just the 12 that are doing this at, at this point. Um, and I don't know if it got beyond that, but it, I think it, you know, it, Paul talks about it a little bit. But, but anyway, uh, it is for the purpose of getting people to believe in Jesus Christ, as they do here. 3,000 are added to the faith. Um, here's a list of the... Uh, the uh, Nations that are mentioned. Parthians. We could do that game where I say it slowly and you count them. Uh, my, pardon my pronunciation. Verse, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 9. Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia. That today would be modern Iraq, but they weren't called Iraqis back then. And and Syrians and all. Well, they might have been called Syrians. And in Judea, and Cappadocia, and Pontus, and Asia, I think 
what's in view there is Asia Minor, also known as um, Galatia. The Romans called it Galatia. Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, about Cyrene, Rome, Jews, proselytes, Cretes, Arabians. Let me try that one time without the narrative. You can count them on your fingers. I'll count them on my fingers. See if I... I, I got 18 the last time I did this. Um, Parthians, Medes, Elamites, dwellers in Mesopotamia and in Judea, Cappadocia, Pontus, Asia, Phrygia, Pamphylia, Egypt, parts of Libya, about Cyrene, strangers of Rome, Jews, and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians. I, I lost count. It's a dumb thing to do anyway. Look it up. Look, look it up in a Bible. Acts chapter 2, 9 through 11. And you could uh, come up with less or more, depending on how you interpret uh, strangers of Rome and Jews and proselytes. Uh, you know, what, anyway, that might be just uh, from one area. Moving right along. Verse 12. And they were amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What? Meaneth this? What what are these guys talking about? What are these? I think they're talking about Jesus Christ and him crucified. I think they're gonna Peter's gonna we're gonna now listen to Peter's first sermon, which is a great one. Others, and it's all about the gospel of the grace of God. Others, because at the end of it three thousand believe. Others mocking said these men <clears throat> are full of new wine. So you got two you got two reactions to the gospel of the grace of God. One is mocking and one is believing. Which one are you? All right, Acts chapter 12, uh, uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 14, Peter's sermon at Pentecost. But Peter, standing up with the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, these men of every nation, ye men of Judea, so that would be the Jews, I guess. Well, they're all Jews. That's why they're here. From every nation. Devout men from every nation. So they probably speak the Jewish language. Uh, and ye that dwell at Jerusalem, Be this known unto you, and hearken, un, hearken to my words. For these are not drunken, as you suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day, which be, would be nine o'clock in the morning, and I'm going to not make a joke about that. But anyway, too early to be drunk? I don't know. I don't know what that means. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. So now this unlearned man is going to quote Joel, uh, who is speaking for Jehovah. Acts chapter 2, verse 17. And it came to pass in the last days, saith God. This is Joel. 
uh, quoting God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. Let me let me just talk about the fact that a lot of I've tried to talk about this before, but I've never made it very clear, I don't think. But but the fact that the apostles, the eleven, uh, that only Peter, and I say eleven because the other uh, eleven, it doesn't sound like that that Jesus paid the temple tax except for himself and for Peter. If you go catch a fish, you'll find two coins that will pay the temple tax for you and I. And I don't think, you know, I think the apostles were together. And um, so, but, you know, youth, youth, people that work with kids like to, you know, talk about the age, the young age, the youthfulness of the apostles that turned the world upside down. Anyway, your young men shall see visions and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaids, I will pour out in those days of my Holy Spirit and they shall prophesy, speak forth the word of God like Peter's doing right now through the book of Joel. And I will show wonders in heaven above and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor and smoke and the sun shall be turned to darkness. Now this is just... This is a theme that I, 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 I've got to ring this bell every time I go by it. And that is that Joel, and who's speaking for God, is jumping over to the second coming, which hasn't come yet. Uh, if, if the rapture was today, the second coming would be a little less than seven years from today. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon into blood before the great and notable day of the Lord come. That's, Jesus has just left 10 days before this. They're already looking for his return. The rumor is that John will live to see it. I think that was fulfilled in the, uh, in the uh, well, he said what if he lives to see it, but, but also uh, the uh, Peter, James, and John saw the 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 uh, Mount of Trans Transfiguration, where Jesus stood with God and Moses and Elijah, and bright shining, or where they heard God speak, "This is my beloved Son, hear him." <laughs> All right, <clears throat> verse twenty-one. And it came to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. That's the end of, of Peter's quote of Joel, and to me, that's the gospel of the grace of God. Seek, ask, and it shall be given unto you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Forty-eight years ago, I was seeking. I didn't know it. I thought I hated God because I'd lost my brother in Vietnam. I was pretty sure I did hate God. But when I heard that God, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever, he had me at whosoever. Here's Peter using the very same word. And it came to pass... Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I called upon the name of the Lord. I said, God, save me. God, the best way I know how I'm trusting Christ as my Savior. And, and it's not a prayer. It's not any magic words. It's trusting Christ. Whether you verbalize it or not, 
I think the thief on the cross was, was born again the moment he trusted Christ. Did not have to verbalize it. Some people can't verbalize things, just for example. If you, you're going to take that verse in Romans 10 and, and apply it, they, they believed. And all that believed were born again, if you read it carefully. Anyway, you speak about salvation with your mouth, but you believe um, in your heart, if you will. I, I don't know. The, that part of you that is you, in your spirit. You believe in your spirit. I like that one better. Your heart is a physical thing, but it can be figurative too. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what do you got? Here's a sinner's prayer. Save me. All right. Now you can't do that and just say, you know, you're testing God. There has to be a little bit of faith in there. But faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. John 3.16, Ephesians 2.8.9, Romans 6, Romans 3, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and Romans 6.20, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved, Romans 6.23. No, no, Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The wages of sin is death. It's not good works, my friend. Much as you want to you know, people want to talk about their good works. I find them to be not very... Jesus said in, in, in Matthew 7, Depart from me, ye the work... Many marvelous works have we done in your name. And Jesus says to them, Depart from me, I never knew you, you workers of iniquity. Okay, because the wages of sin is not... It's death, not good works. For all our righteousness are as filthy rags. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. It's faith in the Savior. And that's exactly, call upon the name of the Lord. How shall you call upon him who you have not believed? Ye men, okay, now Peter's going to, he's leaving Joel in verse 22, and he's going to talk for himself here. This is really, well, he talked at the very beginning. Uh, men of Judea, Verse 14, Ye that dwell in Jerusalem, be it known unto you, and hearken unto my words, for these were not drunken, but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. So what you just witnessed was spoken of by the prophet Joel. My servants, my handmaids in those days, shall prophesy and shall show wonders. And Okay, so now he's, now he's going to talk for himself a little bit before he, he, he goes to David. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs. These guys all saw this. Fifty days ago was the Passover. I don't think they went home. I think they stayed for the pilgrimage feast of Pentecost. So they know what they, he was seen of over, you know, for uh, 500 people. They'd heard about the resurrection. Now they're seeing this. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. So God delivered him to be crucified. Have you taken by wicked hands and crucified the slain? And slain. He said himself, nobody could take me unless I let them do it. Whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be 
holding of it. It's not possible for Jesus to go to the hell part of Sheol because it wouldn't be hell anymore. Eternal life is, death is the, there's two deaths. First death is separation from your body. Death is separation. When you're separated from your body, your body will be called dead. As the body, as James says, as the body without the spirit is dead. The second death is to be separated from God. And unfortunately, that's an eternal thing, I guess, after the great white throne judgment at the end of the millennium. But when you get to the, when you get to eternity, the new heaven and the new earth, I'm afraid you're going to be eternally separated from God. But you didn't like, you hated darkness. You loved darkness and hated the light, John chapter 3. So maybe you're exactly where you should be. But anyway, uh, it, 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 all you got to do is call upon the name of the Lord and thou shalt be saved. You got Joel, you got Peter saying that in verse 21, Acts 2, 21. Okay, so now he's going to speak for David. Or Peter is going to quote David here. I quote scripture. Peter quotes Joel. Peter quotes David. Now I quote Peter too because he was... Uh, spoke as he was moved by the Holy Spirit. All scripture is given by the inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. The man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Blessed is he that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in the law of the Lord doth he meditate day and night. Memorize scripture, my friends. Anyway, for David speaketh concerning him, and I think he's speaking for Jesus. I foresaw the Lord always before my face. Just re listen to the context here and tell me this isn't Jesus. The Lord always before my face, for he is on my right hand. That would be, jo he's speaking for God the Father that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. He could be speaking for David. Uh, you know, that maybe starts out for David. David speaking for him. David speaking concerning Christ. I, David, foresaw the Lord. That's prophecy. Always before my face. Read, read Psalm 22. I'm sorry I'm changing my understanding of this a little bit. Okay, But te teaching is a learning process. If, if you're, you're a teacher, you'd know that. I didn't understand physics until I taught physics. Um, there, before my face, for he is on my right hand. See, that's a little confusing to me because, of course, Jesus is on the right hand of God the Father. That I should not be moved. Now, okay. Um, again, if David, if the Lord is on his right hand, that's the place of honor. So when I walked with a battalion commander, I always walked on his left. They said that's because most people are right-handed and they need their sword. I mean, it's a military thing, okay? But, but the flag is always on the right, the American flag or any other flag, I'm sure, is always on the right hand of the speaker. Um, for example, uh, the right side is the place of honor. Anyway, because thou, okay, 
Therefore did my heart rejoice, my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Um, I don't quite understand that. Because the body without the spirit is dead. It's not. But but the, the spirit would be. And David could have been, you know, with his hope in Jesus Christ. And, and he's now captivity has been led to heaven. He's been... He's been uh, about 50 days in the presence of the Lord, absent body present with the Lord, when Jesus led captivity captive on the first day of the week after his resurrection. He said, do not touch me. I'm not risen to the Father. He was leading the saints of paradise to heaven. Because thou shalt not leave my soul in hell, Sheol, by the way, and that could be David, but it also could be Christ too. And, and this is why I think it's Christ here. Neither will thou suffer thy Holy One, that's deity right there, my friend, to see corruption. Jesus' body did not rot, did not corrupt. David's, I don't think you could find it uh, today. But uh, unless, yeah, well, especially if it was reused to give him an, a spiritual body, which he got when Christ was crucified and the dead in Christ rose at that time just 50 days before this, but anyway, 2,000 years for us. Thou hast made known to me the ways of life. Thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance. At any rate, I'll just, uh, it could be David speaking. Uh, it sounds like it is. But prophesying of the Holy One would not see corruption, which is kind of unique. Although Lazarus didn't stink either, so he'd been dead for four days, so whatever. Um, verse 29. Men, now we're back to Peter. Uh, he's not going to quote anybody else. Well, maybe a little bit. Uh, quotes David again, I think, quoting the Lord. Okay, verse 29. Paul, uh, Peter says to the crowd listening to him, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you, of the patriarch David, that he is both dead and buried, and his sepulcher is with us unto this day. Uh, his sepulcher is not with us unto this. They might have a place where you know they say it's David's tomb, but I, I, I think you'd be hard pressed to find his body. Therefore, being a prophet, David was a prophet. I think Peter has filled that as you know as he wrote two books of the New Testament, knowing that God has sworn with an oath to David that the fruit of David's loins according to the flesh, God would raise up Christ to sit on David's throne. Okay, so he's explaining all this too, and he's talking about uh, Jesus Christ. Um, all right, so... Okay, um, sit on his throne. Verse 31. David, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ. Read Psalm 22, I beg you. That his soul, that Christ's soul, was not left in paradise, or Sheol, the paradise part, Abraham's bosom. Neither, as Jonah was in the belly of the well three days and three nights, so must the Son of Man be in the heart of the earth. Jesus kept saying that. 
when they asked for a sign, I'll give you no, no other sign than the sign of Jonah. That was to the people of Galilee that, that he grew up with. Neither his flesh did see corruption, so he did not rot in the three days he was in the grave. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses. Not just the apostles, but 500 other people saw the risen Savior, it says in Acts. And having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, they'd received it at the beginning of this chapter, when they were all gathered together in one accord and the wind came through and there were clothes of fire on each one of them. He has... I'm not sure these people have received the Holy Spirit yet, but I'm not exactly sure. He hath shed forth this comforter, this Holy Spirit, which ye now see and hear. This is not us, this is the Holy Spirit doing this through us. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, before David, I think, was ascended into heaven. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand. That was always a problem for the Pharisees. So Peter is just picking up the the the, the question that, that Jesus asked the Pharisees. How could how could David say uh, the Lord said to my Lord, sit thou on my right hand? How could the Messiah be David's Lord when the Messiah would be his son because Jewish culture says the father is always greater than the son but uh, it has something to do with the uh, deity of Christ the virgin birth Un- until I make thy foes thy footstool that's uh, a prophecy um, I think from David David is not ascended the Lord but David saith himself, the Lord said unto my Lord, that's David speaking, sit thou on my right hand until I make thy foes thy footstool. So David is prophesying a conversation between uh, God the Father and God the Son. Therefore let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you have crucified, both Lord and Christ, He's talking to the the Roman that hammered the nails into the hands of Jesus. He's talking to the Roman centurion that shoved the spear in his side and said, truly, this is the Son of God. He's talking to people who actually participated in the crucifixion of Christ. The high priest, who knows who who these 3,000 people are. But he's clearly saying, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Peter is speaking for himself here. Now, when they heard this, the the Jews gathered together at Jerusalem for Pentecost and probably the other uh, pilgrimage feasts, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter, and to the rest of the apostles, the other eleven. Men and brethren, what shall we do? They asked Jesus that one time, but they weren't really 
uh, pricked to the heart when they asked him. They wanted him to feed them again. He said, what shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus said, believe on him who he hath sent. John chapter 6, verse 28 and 29. If you like that verse, write down John 6, 28 and 29. And they said unto him, What shall we do that we might work the works of God? And Jesus said unto them, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is the work of God, that you believe on the Son of God. Okay, look it up. John 6, 28 and 29. Faith is the work of God for salvation. For the promise is unto you and to your children and to all that are far off in time. That would be us. Even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And again, the call of God, He's calling for everyone to be saved. And it pleased God to save them that believe. So uh, if, you, if you're one of these any, meeny, mighty, mo kind of people. I don't I don't really think that that there are people who believe that unless you're called, unless God gives you the faith, you can't be saved. And I don't want to have anything to do with that God. I want the God that loved the world, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but everlasting life. Not whosoever he picks, which he doesn't ever say. So except in saying something like, it pleased God to save them that believe. It's, it's always about faith. And it's it's about faith right here too. And many other words did Peter testify and exhort. This is now Luke, I think, in the book of Acts. Save, save yourselves from this untold generation, untoward generation that crucified Christ. Save yourself from unbelievers. And I would say that to you today. Then they that gladly received his word were baptized that same day and were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Now, whether this is water baptism, or there are other baptisms. Uh, the president of my Bible college, uh, and, and you know, before I talk about Hank Lindstrom, let me say that uh, the very first message I did in this podcast series, episode one, was about uh, Hebrews 6.1 which 6, 1 and 2 list six fundamental principles of the doctrine of Christ. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on into perfection, not laying again the foundation of, here's the foundation of the doctrine of Christ, repentance from dead works. That, those are your very best works. I told you I helped save a kid from drowning. You know, if I would have been a lost person at that time, I would have said, oh man, maybe I'm going to go to heaven because I helped save a kid from drowning. But that's, that's a dead work, my friend. The wages of sin is death. It's either his or yours. Yours is eternal separation. It's impossible for Christ to be eternally separated from God. So he was separated for three days, I guess. Anyway, whatever. Um, so um, uh, repentance of dead works, faith towards God. So turn from your dead works and put your faith in God the Savior, God our Savior. Uh, then it talks about of the doctrine of baptisms, which I'm going to talk about right now, and I've got ten of them to talk about, or just give you the names of. Um, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgments. And I've been talking about those for 76 podcasts now. And now I'm going to talk about 
the one I was probably weakest on, I couldn't believe that I went through my file and I haven't touched this in over 30 years and it was the second piece of paper I touched. But anyway, thank you Dr. Hank Lindstrom who went to be with the Lord in 2009. Okay, we have the baptism of John the Baptism. Uh, Matthew 3.11. We have the baptism of fire. Also Matthew 3.11. When, when John the Baptist says it, but he will baptize you with fire and the Holy Spirit. The baptism of death. Uh, Matthew 20.22. I'll try to read these slowly if you want to write them down. Or go back and listen to it again. Diverse baptisms of the Old Testament, Hebrews 9.10. Baptism of believers, Acts 8.36-39. Baptism of the Holy Spirit, Matthew 3.11. Back to baptism of, I baptize with water, but he'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost, which I think is what is really in view here. This is baptism of the Holy Ghost. Baptism of Jesus Christ, Matthew 3, 15 to 17. Baptism of Moses, 1 Corinthians 10, 2. Number 9, baptism of pots and pans, Mark. It comes from the Greek word baptizo, which means to wash. So they did baptizo pots and pans. I hope I do. I do it often. Um, uh, in number 10, baptism in uh, the name of Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 2, verse 38. So there's 10 different baptisms there. Uh, if you th want to think that they all ran down to the Jordan River, you can believe that. I think I'm going with the same baptism I was baptized with, which was the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So, which is really what's in view here. And prophesied by Joel that your children will do this and even those afar off will be baptized in this manner. The thief on the cross was not baptized in the Holy in water. He was, I think he was, in, anyway that was before the Christ died so I'm not exactly sure. This is kind of something new post resurrection baptism of the Holy Spirit and it's 50 days post resurrection uh, transition period. Okay, um, so, um, oh no, I moved my, I moved my thing here. Um, okay, um, for the promise is unto you and to your children and all that are far off, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord our God shall call. Uh, in many other words did he testify and exhort, save yourselves from this untoward generation. And they were gladly received his words and were baptized, and the same were added unto them 3,000 souls. Almost done here. Looks like we got six more verses. Uh, Acts 2.42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship. That means they, they hung around for maybe even longer than the uh, normal pilgrimage feasts, and breaking of bread and prayers, which mean th these people have to be fed. And the fear came upon every soul. And again, fear is... I love electricity, but I'm also respectful around it. And I think if you were, you know, with these signs and wonders going on, you would have been respectful and um, 
there was good reason to be respectful, especially around this transition period of, of something new being started. You can ask Ananias and Sapphira, which I'm sure we'll talk about in the book of Acts here, um, which did not fear the Lord. Uh, fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. So I'm not sure everybody was doing these apostles, but... Uh, and all that believed together had all things common. Again, I point out, I don't think this is a model for the church, myself. And you can say, well, I'm selfish or whatever you want to say. Um, but um, he that doesn't take care of his family is worse than an infidel. He, a good man leaves an inheritance for his children children, whatever. You can be the big uh, common purse people if you want. But there was, I think there was a good reason to be generous at this time. One, they're going to lose it shortly because the church is going to be persecuted tremendously, fed to lions, torn apart, all that kind of stuff. Um, read Acts chapter 7. Uh, Sawn asunder. But anyway, uh, and believed at all things in common. So sell, 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 because you're, you're going to lose it anyway. Sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men, to every man, as every man had need, and they continued daily. And one of you know that kind of stuff doesn't last very long. You know you got to be out there working. Peter, Jesus, uh, the apostle Paul made tents that he would not be chargeable to anybody. So I don't see this as a teaching of the New Testament. This is what they did when they've got a lot of people coming to Christ that that are sticking around. Um. So, continuing daily in, in one accord, in the temple, breaking of bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily, as should be saved. And again, you're saved by for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. So, uh, Paul said to the Philippian dealer, he said, you know, what must I do to be saved? Paul, Paul and Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Uh, it says right here, but as many and all that believed were together and had all things in common. So they're not giving it to the people that are mocking and the people that aren't, but believers... They're, they're, they're sharing things in common at this point. And um, uh, I, I'll leave it at that. All right, so I'm going to say adios to God. I'm going to say via condios, go with God. And that one took 55 minutes. Could have been read in six minutes. Sorry, folks. Have a great day. Go with God.